Stacey Lynn, CBS News. How clean is your nose? Most airborne germs and allergens invade through the nose, your body's air filter, its first line of defense. You wash your hands and brush your teeth, but what about your nose? Did you know there's an easy way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself? It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to clean your nose by flushing out pollen, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. And 50,000 independent online reviews averaging 4.7 stars show just how much people love their Navage. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now you can clean your nose and help protect your health with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Make good nasal hygiene your new normal with Navage. Clean nose, healthy life. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk new car polishing and security products and get the very latest on NASCAR. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. You've been waiting for months, but the wait is finally over. The import house is open and excited to see you. We are stocked with all the merchandise you want, from Birkenstocks, Vans, Teva, Keen, and Fairtrade gifts to locally made hand-blown glass and a huge assortment of body and sterling silver jewelry. An enormous selection of incense from around the world. We are open to the mask-wearing public from 10 to 6, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 7, Friday and Saturday, and 12 to 5, Sunday. Stop by the Import House at 68 North Court Street, Uptown Athens for our grand reopening. And don't forget our annual 420 sale, April 20th, for 20% off everything in the store. Summer restrictions apply. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Hi, this is Joe Mullins with the Radio Ramblers. We've been thankful to perform throughout the state, the U.S., and beyond, featuring bluegrass music, homegrown here in Ohio. We are certainly ready to get back on stage in front of audiences and at festivals and concerts after we have enough people vaccinated in the state. The COVID-19 vaccine will let us all get back in business doing what we love. Please roll up your sleeve. Ohioans have come a long way and we can't afford to stop our efforts now. Don't procrastinate. Vaccinate. To schedule a vaccine appointment, see gettheshot.coronavirus.ohio.gov or call 1-833-427-5634. That's 833-427-5634. Do it today for a healthy Ohio as soon as possible. 1-833-427-5634. Ohio. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. Wow, look at that sunshine out there. 55 degrees, going to get up to 81, maybe even 82 Beautiful day in store for us. And I'm ready. Hey, we got a special edition today. We're going to learn about the International Student Union at Ohio University. 
and they have some special events coming up. So that's our topic today. And I'll need a little help as we go along with this uh, because of pronunciations and things like that. But first of all, our, our, uh, the, the woman who particularly put this together is Mary Mad- Madeline uh, Chumbo. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. Listen, um, you know, I, first of all, i got to ask, did your parents give you the name Mary Madeline, or is that something along the way you you brought to your 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 own being no it's my parents who gave me the name well you know that that name the disciple of christ she was of course um you know what a, what an amazing name to be uh mm-hmm. put upon you if you know what i mean uh yeah a certain responsibility right Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so now I, somewhere along the way I saw P.E.O., Partner in Peace. What, What yeah. is that? Um, P.E.O. is an organization, um, an American organization that works with women across the world, globally, um, to help to make sure that the work that you're doing is, um, is geared towards bringing peace, especially towards women across the world. So... I am a partner in peace, which means that I am a fellow with the organization, and they sponsor um, my research, which um, should be geared towards bringing peace towards a certain group of women from a different part of the world. So that's what it means. Now, before we get too much farther, uh, you are a professor here at Ohio University. Uh, I've been there. I'm, oh, go I ahead. am not a professor. I am a graduate instructor okay. and a PhD student at Ohio University. Well, I guess your PhD is just around the corner, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, very close. Hopefully. But uh, you got your master's degree here in communications and development, and you've been on the uh, faculty and so on and so forth. Um, I've done that too, and uh, pretty much in the same schools, journalism and scripts and all of that. Now, um this this um, now let me ask you are you um, are you an international student by definition? Yes, I am. What it was your home country? Cameroon. Cameroon. Now mm-hmm. I need your help introducing our other guests today. So we have okay. Am- Ama, right? Yes, Ama is our. Secretary, the International Student Union Secretary here at OU, and she's from Ghana. I will let her say hi. Good morning, Amma. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Now, how many years have you been in Athens? Uh, almost two years now. Yeah. Does it suit you well? Do you like it? Yeah, it's been great. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's been great. Now, let's see here. Um, we'll... we'll We'll all have a chance to talk, but we've we got to introduce everybody now. So then, uh, Tamilola Wa, I almost got that right. Uh, help us with that, uh, Mary Magdalene. Tamilola Temi is from Nigeria, and she's our ISU vice president. Okay. And, of mm-hmm. course, my phone's going nuts now. 
Uh, I just threw it away. Okay. Um, and then, um, let's see, is Diane with us this morning? Yes. Okay, so Diane Cahill. Now, that one I didn't have so much trouble with. Uh, Diane. Good morning. Good morning. You are an advisor and, and um, uh, keenly involved with the international services here at the university, right? Yes. I actually have the pleasure of serving and supporting the international students, and I am the advisor for International Student Union. So thanks for having us. You bet. And I'm going to do my best, and I, but I say up front, I need your help. Now, um, this, uh, how many, let's put a number to it. How many international students does Ohio University enjoy? So we have around 1,000 international students. However, um, some of those students will be on what's called optional practical training. Mm -hmm. So while they're still sponsored by the university, they probably are not in Athens, so they'll be out working, um, and they have that option for a year after they graduate to help them get some on-the-job training. Now, um, you know, first of all, this has been a very peculiar year with the COVID and all of that, where many of our students who would have been having a normal school year here had the option to go home. Um, many of our international students didn't. Is that correct? Sure. So any of the students on the call can answer that question. Would anyone like to take that? <laughs> I'm not okay, me. I can take it. Um, so I mean, when COVID hit, I was actually planning to go visit home with my mom. My mom had come to visit, and I was planning to go back with her. Um and then COVID hit us right when she, I think she arrived the day before the lockdown happened. Um, and so, like, domestic students, you have to have the option to, and I was in Kansas at that point. So all my items were at the dormitory, and I got to meet her at Chicago. And um, domestic students have that option to, to go home. They could stay with their parents. And, I mean, it was nice to stay with my mom for a while, but she left. And now I, I wasn't able to go home. And spend this time that I could have spent over the summer with family, whether I was here in the U.S. And it wasn't that wasn't a bad experience because I was also in school, enrolled during the summer, but I also didn't have that support that most people would have had when, you know, everyone's going through the same thing, COVID, um, lockdown, you're indoors, no one to, to really reach out to, and your family is where you get that support from. Um, thankfully, I was with my, my aunt who was here, but it was, it was difficult, I would say, with that experience to to be in the U.S. and to not be surrounded by family and not get that support that I would have had if, you know, COVID didn't hit and I had just gone home um, during that summer. And prior to that, I hadn't been home for about two years. Well, I, I get that. I mean, here I live here. I've lived here now uh, since 1973. And to have my life altered so severely, and yet I have so many friends and connections here. Now, to be here and have only a limited number of friends and connections and still have to deal with the COVID concerns, you know, I think that would even be more difficult. So, um, well, listen, how, how was it that you all selected Ohio University? I mean, every university is proud of their international um 
the students that internationally come and partake in their programs. But I think Ohio University is, how do I want to put it? It has a little greater um, appeal for some reason or other. Um, and I don't know if it's intentional or accidental or what, but it just seems to me that we have a little larger share than the average university. Now, Mary Madeline, am I am I crazy there or not? <laughs> no, you are not crazy. I would say the first thing is that Ohio University does a great job to partner with colleges across the world in Japan, Ghana, Botswana, um, different parts of the world to have students um, to do exchange programs as well as just to just to get students who graduate from those colleges to come and contribute to the body of knowledge through the Ohio University um, through Ohio University guidance. So that's what I would say the first thing. Also, um, I would say because we have had more international students come through those programs, then we as international students who've been here before get to let our other friends know or other potential people who can also do who also do great jobs back home and then they also join us so it's just a chain of reaction uh, which started off with ohio university reaching out to different um, colleges across the world if i am wrong diane can correct me because she's been here longer Diane. Mary Magdalene is exactly right, okay. and she has explained it very well. So I think I want to point out or highlight the fact that she talked about how students talk to each other. I think one of the reasons that we are blessed with students is because students have a good experience, and they are willing to tell their friends, and they're willing to talk to their family, and that's really important. So, you know, one of the nice things about Athens and Ohio University is that we are able to provide supports for students and to do our best to make sure they have a good experience. And so everyone can help with that. And I think there's a lot of community members that do that. The, um, the community of Athens, um, many of you have had an opportunity to study elsewhere. Um, how does Athens uh, rank among your experiences? Is it, uh, is, it, is it friendly to the international uh, body, student body? Is it um, supportive? Is it, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Mm-hmm. Someone uh, deal with that so, issue. Tammy or Ama or Mary, do you want to talk about that? I can share. Okay, great. I actually have a very funny story about how I can tell you. Uh, so I was getting in my submissions, uh, applying to school here in the U.S., and I, as everyone knows, is Ohio University and Ohio State University. And I was supposed to apply to Ohio State University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's back home when they say um, OU or like OSU, request like a state. It means it's, it's, sometimes it's the same university. Some people just prefer to call it without the state in between. And so I thought it was the same university. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you missing the S in between. <laughs> and when I got my admission, the color was green. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a different university from what I planned. But I still ended up coming here anyways because my dad actually liked the university. Um, but <laughs> the one thing that really got me to stay and connect with the Athens community is actually the fact that I come to different universities that I planned. 
was the people here, or the people I met um, in the International Student Union, the people I interacted with in my class, the people I joined um, organizations with, the friendships that I made. Um, the activist community really welcomed me and gave me opportunities that I was able to grow. I mean, if I look at myself freshman year compared to now and what I've achieved so far, it's because I had a good support system that was available and ready in the school, and I just had to connect myself into that community. And so, I mean, at first, there wasn't the sole reason as to why I came to OU, except for that my dad liked it. But the reason why I stayed through and why I love the university so much now is, is the experience that I've gained and the experience that I've had over the, the past few years. Is there, um, how do I want to put this? Do the, do the, um, do the American students, do you feel that they are very supportive and, and friendly and glad you're here, or is there a certain reluctance? Um, I would I say, think, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to touch on because I, I studied the culture business, and I would say about 99% of the people are domestic American students. Um, and so I've primarily interacted within my academic environment and classroom environment, primarily interacted with a lot of domestic American students. Um, and I've had a good support system with them. Most of my mm-hmm. team members are really supportive. They they really, I, if I need help with anything, they're there to help me. I can ask questions. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've been so successful with my academics is, is that I've had good, I've met good people that have really had good intentions for me um, in their hearts. So, which is a nice thing. I, I don't know about others, but that's just my experience. Let me, let me yeah. ask, uh, oh, go ahead, please. No, I, I just wanted to say that the Athens community and the OU community in particular has been really supportive of international students. We've had um, instances where people did not feel welcomed, but it's not as much as the support and the love and the commitment from the community to support the international community mm-hmm. as it is, as, as one would think, yeah. Well, the I'm next... Add... Go ahead. I wanted to add, too, um, I appreciate, MM, you saying that there have been instances, because I think that's the reality of the world. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you asked the question. Like, There are going to be experiences that students have, I and mean, that's a un- un- very frustrating um, reality that I think students are going to face. But I think it's our job, you know, as people who are supportive of international students, you know, my office or international student union or other faculty and community members, of which there are a lot, who want to support students to really step up and make sure that we're doing that mm-hmm. and make sure that we're, you know, honestly being, being there to listen and being there to be supportive when we can because there are going to be situations, right? There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be um, experiences of racism and things that, that we know happen in the world. It does happen here. I just think that NM is right, that... The support is more, um, but we don't want to ignore the fact that there are students who've had other experiences. Does that racism exist in their home countries to some degree as well? I'm going to let the students answer that one. <laughs> yeah, I understand well, that. I, w- I would say racism does exist in some countries, but um, per- 
personally, from where I come from, no, it does not exist because the majority of the community is black. So we never, like, skin was never a definition. And most, Af- especially African students or people from countries um, where people, the majority of the people are black or brown, you don't even really realize your skin color until you come to the U.S. Of course. Then you're, then you're hit by the fact that, oh, wow. So my skin color actually is an identity here in the U.S. When I grew up all my life, never having to, to do, deal with that, even for my son, because I have a son here. When he first came, we did not realize some of the things that were happening to him were because of his skin color. We just thought that, well, those people are just being mean. It, it took some time and for peop- other people to point it out that we were like, oh, so that's what it is. So, no, we don't... We, we don't have that as much or at all in most cases, especially in sub-Saharan Africa where maybe South Africa where there was apartheid and and um, white people took over. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that we were colonized by the British. So we do have some places or some institutions or some restaurants you might go to and might not be served mm-hmm. first before a white person. But that's not as common as just being ourselves, just without having to identify as black or brown or white or let's anything go, else. Let's go a different direction. Instead of color, let's talk about education or um, achievements um, from an educational point of view. Is there, you know, it's not uncommon in the U.S., I guess, for, um, you know, Children to go to school. Their parents went to college, also, um, not exclusively, but a lot of times. Um, is there a uh, the, what you're going through now, getting advanced degrees and so on and so forth? How does that hold up when you return to your home countries? Who wants to take that one? Am I, am I throwing out difficult things? No, I think we just need time to think through it. So I okay. think it's a good question. Go ahead, Tenny. Um, so just to understand that I'm answering the right question, um, you're asking if, um, like, if we get our, like, master's or PhD or bachelor's and we'll go back home, like, how does that in, uh, assimilate in the, in the environment? I think so. Okay. Um, so, where I come from, Nigeria, uh, there's a lot. My, let me just talk about my my family. Uh, my dad is uh, he's a, a, an academic um, bookworm. I've never met anyone who reads as much as my dad does, and he's an engineer, a civil engineer, works for works for the government. And my mom is is a lawyer. Um, wow. I feel like education is one of the main core things about. I think at least in the African community where education has a lot of emphasis. Um, I feel like a lot of people come here to study about, you know, PhDs and the masters and they take the experiment, experiment experience and take it back home and implement it in further the country or further whatever it is that they're going to do, either their jobs or they're going back to full time jobs or going back into academia. Um, I think that it's it's 
something that's really prominent. It's one of the main cores that you work in, in an African country or in an African community where education has a lot of emphasis and there's a lot of encouragement to, to go further. There's no limit to how many PhDs you can get or a master's you can get or bachelor's you can get. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just what I wanted to add on to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll uh, just add to what Sammy said. I think, um, um, like, very central in our home countries is the fact that everyone should have some form of basic um, education. So education is very key, especially from the part of um, Sub-Saharan Africa that I come from, Ghana. So um, the government puts in place a lot of structure to ensure that um, basic education is like it's free for every child and education it goes all the way to the bachelor's and then the graduate level as well so education is very important because it's even stipulated in the sustainable development goal but as to we choosing to come to um like to another country to uh, have our bachelor's and graduate um, education is more because you want to have a different experience. You know, like sometimes when you are in your own system and then you are learning or saying something, it gets to be so comfortable with what you are learning within your own system because right. that's the system that you are used to. And then you also don't get to interact with people from different or diverse backgrounds in order to know their thoughts, even what they think about you and what you think about them as well. And so for us here, like being an international student, being in a foreign country, gives us that advantage, that opportunity to learn from a different system and pick um, the important lessons that we will learn from here, take it back to our home country and then see how we can integrate that in a more positive way to help or better our system. So and to also learn from the experiences as well. I don't know why this is important to me, but I'm going to try it anyway. Um, <clears throat> so you have, um, let's see, someone was from Cameroon, right? Um, you have the choice of 200 nations in this world mm-hmm. to go and get additional education at or from within. Um I'd like to think that the universe, I'm sorry, the United States is a desirable place to do that. But could you name a couple others? Are there other countries that are super well thought of in terms of providing additional education? Um, yeah, so I was actually just sharing this with the team earlier when you asked us the question because um, someone, like I was a journalist before I came here and there was a college that everybody in my journalism field back home really wanted to attend and I had applied to it in the in Wales. It's called Cardiff and they have a really nice program and they also bring a lot of international students. I know the UK does that a lot because they have scholarships, the Commonwealth mm-hmm. scholarships for African students. So that's one place many Africans go. And also because I'm from Francophone Africa, many Francophone Africans end up going to Canada and France as well, which is which are two countries and um which which bring bring in Francophone Africans a lot. So Yeah. 
So I, I can speak to that. I so other countries other. are also in demand. That's good. Um, let me let, okay. So let's go a different direction here. Um, in at least of the three or four guests we have this morning, um, are your parents uh, have they had a similar educational experience? Um, my own parents, my mom studied in Scotland and my dad also studied in Europe. So both of them did their masters, um, their second degrees and third degrees in Europe. So yes, that is actually why I applied to um, a, a, a college in Europe because that was where I wanted to go following in their footsteps, but I ended up coming here instead. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, anybody else and- have an answer to that or not? Before the students answer, I think, too, that you some of you have been other places before you came to the U.S. Am I remembering correctly that you have studied in other places as well? Yes. Um, I, I'm from Cameroon, but I studied in Kenya and Uganda. So before I left the African continent, I did study in two other countries within the African continent, which was a great experience for me because... Kenya is a really huge metropolitan country, Uganda also. So I got, that is actually where I started interacting with international communities, and I was part of the international community even before I came to the U.S. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's go a little different direction for a while. Um, the International Student Union, the ISU, you are all keenly involved in that. Some of you are office holders. Some of you are, uh, what would you call it, staffers, that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's been in existence a long time. We've been very proud of the annual International Street Fair, which, of course, with the illness, um, it's going to be a different thing this year. And, and let's see, was it last year too? I guess it was. Um, there's uh, all sorts of events. You have dances, which it's really fun to look at the photographs of different um, ethnic backgrounds coming together and celebrating. You know what I mean? It's just cool. Okay, now, so all of these things, this year, you're going to try to do virtually, right? Now, how's that work? Yeah, I think, um, okay, so the dance party happened yesterday, and it was great. Um, We didn't expect it to go that way because it was the first time having a virtual dance party. And almost all the um, events that we are having this week are all virtual. But I think it's been amazing so far from Monday to yesterday. Every program that we've had um, has been a success. Um, Yesterday we had a lot of things um, partaking in the TED Talk and the and the dance party. I think the uh, um, little difficulties that we have is just the um, internet issues. And then, you know, for the very first time, planning something online, um, it wouldn't go as expected. But I think we, we exceeded our expectation um, yesterday with everything. And I know that from today till Friday, we, when we climb up, um the event the week it, it, it will be amazing everything will go well yeah now i week when 
um, forgive my poor notes here. Is this is this coming up, or has it? Are we in it, or was it last week, or what? Is this week? It's, is this week? It started on Monday okay. when we did the flag raising. So we're midway and, through it. Yeah, so and, it's from Monday to Friday. And so is there a, a particular event like, um, well, maybe this what used to be the street fair, that is the culmination of it for this year? Um, unfortunately, we couldn't have the street fair because of um, you know yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. We're all trying to stay safe, but I think other things that we with, with uh, events that we put in place um, are all one way or the other similar, bringing the international community together. So on Friday, we did the flag raising, and as part of it, um, we had a photo shoot session where you could just pass through the college green where the flags were raised to take pictures and then post them on social media. And it, it came with um, um, prizes, and then we are even doing that throughout the week with all the other events. So I think it's been amazing, even though it's not... No, we lost you for a moment. Diane, are you still there? So one of the things, yes. So I think we lost Ama. Um, one of the things that this year, unfortunately, we were not able to do street fair. We actually weren't able to do it last year, so now we're going on two years mm-hmm. without having it. But this team worked really hard to make sure that we could do something because, you know, they know how important it is to the community as a whole. And they also, you know, for them it's important. They want to give back to the university community, and they know that being part of ISU is a really important um, part of that. And so we hope to have street fair, and to be honest, seven four zero four four seven eight two five three. <laughs> I think we we got someone just joined our uh, group here. Okay. Are you back, Ama? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> it worked. So the, yeah, one of the other things I think we're hoping for is to be able to facilitate international dinner in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the goal for all of the students is to be able to have these events because it gives them a chance as well to celebrate themselves. And I think that's really what we're focusing on this year is trying to really lift up and celebrate our students and all the accomplishments and things that they bring to this university. I think that's the hardest part for all students is that we don't necessarily know their stories. We don't necessarily know all of the things that they're doing or all of the value that they're adding academically to the classroom or to research or to the community. So one of our goals this year is to try to do that, to make sure that we are talking about those pieces you know, as well as talking about the cultures from which they come. But I think mm-hmm. it's important to talk about them as well yeah. and all of the things that they bring. Let me let me um, just talk for a second. I, I grew up in Worthington, which is Columbus. Um, but uh, I had college at um, Los Angeles, Wyoming, New York City, um, Denver, um, I went to a number of different schools to take a particular course from a particular professor, all of them in showbiz, okay? Now, 
Uh, did I care about getting a degree? Well, if it was, if it could be done, fine. But I was taking specific courses from specific people. Now, uh, that's kind of different. But my point to all of this is that. Um, well, that, I, I lost my point. I'll go on. Here we are in Athens, Ohio. I moved here in 1973 uh, to buy the radio stations with my dad. Um, I've been here ever since. I moved here from Hawaii, where I've been for four years. Um, there was an, an organization known as APHIS. Uh, have any of you heard of that? Definitely. Okay. It, Athens Friends of International Students. Yep. When we arrived... It existed for a long time, yeah. When I arrived, it had been in existence for some period of time, and we, be, my family became active in it. Your recording has reached the maximum length. <laughs> to replay your message, press 1. Okay. To delete and re-record your message, press 3. For delivery options, press 4. Scott to send a fax, press 6. To cancel this message, press star. To yeah, send this message now, press rib. pound or hang up. Okay. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, this, that was strange. Yeah. yeah. Kind of fun. Um, <laughs> in any case, um, we were very active in it, my, my wife and I. And... Um, um, I we have hosted in our home nearly 20 um, OU students. Wow. And that is to say they lived in our home. Um, Neat. Now, some of them were from um, Sacramento, California. <laughs> and uh, others were from we had someone from Ghana. We had oh. we had someone. I mean, we had we've had a variety. Okay, I'm ashamed that that organization has over the years uh, disappeared. Athens well, Friends of International Students. Well, I should say that we have been having discussions this year. So because of COVID, one of the things that we were heavily reminded of, maybe that's the right way to put it, is um, how much a community uh, is really needed and how much we really hadn't been focusing on that community. So you're right. APHIS has existed. It went away, came back a little bit. Um, I think one of the things that we are trying to do now as a result of all of the work that was done collaboratively to try to support international students, including support from ISU and other international students themselves, is we are trying to work on bringing that group back. Maybe not with the same name, maybe not with, you know, with the same mandate. We don't even know. Mm -hmm. But we have been talking as a group about different ways to engage the community and students and so we hope to really uh, reinvigorate that so i'm really glad that you mentioned that and so for anyone who might be listening i will make a plug that you can email 
um, ISFS at Ohio.edu if you are interested in connecting with people who would like to support international students. And we will make sure to add you to our list that we hope to grow of people well, who are interested. So I'm really, I really appreciate you saying something. Please add my name. Listen, okay. um, the, um, you know, I, the funny thing is my parents did it too. And they lived in Columbus, and we had students from Ohio State that lived in our home. And one of them uh, today is king of Bahrain. Wow. Yeah, cool. Um, Abdul Wahab Zanyani. We call him Wabi. Anyway, um, it is so neat, folks. One of the people that um, we hosted here in Athens, in our home, um, finished her master's here, and then did part of her doctoral here, and now is teaching. Um, well, it's it's basically architecture uh, down at um, University of South Carolina, and oh, we wow. and we keep in touch with her regularly. And um, and, and I would say there's very few students that we don't continue to have a relationship with. They'll show up at Thanksgiving just on the front door by surprise. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, what can we do for you all? We've uh, we've got 15 minutes left. We've got a we've we've talked about some interesting stuff. What are your goals that you've been troubling with that you want to see go further and and less far they've been a little bit disappointed. I think the most immediate goals would be to do with iWeek, which is currently going on and will end at the end of this week. And Temi can talk more about that because she's in charge of the programming for this week. Um, so, Temi? Now, Temi, you're the first vice president, or you're the ISU vice, vice president. president. And uh, what country was you, were you again? Oh, I'm from Nigeria. Nigeria, okay. Now, Timmy, how is it going this week for you? Uh, this week is really going fine. As Anna said, it's been really good. Um, I would just say one thing would be just we, our week has always been, I mean, most the International Student Union events have always been uh, a place for Athens community, the Ohio community, International Student community. To all come together and you know, celebrate international culture, the international the, the, the community was built here in, in Ohio University in Athens. Mm -hmm. I would say um, we would like to keep that tradition going. I mean, ever since virtual lesson street set, where we, everyone can come out and, and have a good time. But regardless, uh, there are virtual events that you can you can hop on and just join us and partake in these events because it's planned with everyone in mind, just to the Athens local community, the Ohio University. Um, student community, faculty, staff, administration, like everyone is welcome at all events. And so that's the one thing I would say. Um, I would like to see happen this week would be to see a huge turnout, not saying one in thousand people, I'm just saying we want to see representation from every aspect um, as we would have before in person. So that's from a programming point of view that I would say. Is there a uh, an international student center somewhere? 
within Baker or somewhere on campus? There is we, not. There is not. Okay. Do you think, um, I mean, I know Ohio State has such a thing. Um, do you think having that is um, important or not? Uh, for me, and I look at the students to answer, but for me, I definitely think it's important. But I think M.M. or um, Anna or Temi. Yeah, I think I think it's an important thing. We have Walter House, which is where ISFS is housed, and then we have an IC office at Baker. But um, just having a space for international students, I would say just we we have something almost for everybody called the Multicultural Center, where you can go hang out. There's a library. There's this. But I would say something specific to international students would be amazing we have also yamada house where there's it's the center for international studies but something just um a center for for international students in general who are not also taking classes in the cis department or going to the isfs office would be a good idea and i think that's important now my wife worked in the uh, multicultural center for many years until she retired patricia oh now, um, this um, one of the things that strikes me is if you have a place that's for the international students, they don't mix it up in the same way they would if they don't have a place. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I yep. There's something good also about not having their spot. They, that we all must coexist and enjoy each other in common places rather than specific places. So that's, you know, but I'm, I can see it either way. I wouldn't out lobby strongly for one way or the other. It's just I try to th- always look at what's the good of it. You know, what, what good, you know what I'm trying to say. So, all right. Um... So the rest of the year, what are some of the things that are going on that people may want to participate in? Um, okay, so um, for now, we could say that after the I week, our term um, of office, our tenure of office is coming to an end. That's the reality. And so we can't really um, speak into the future. But then we would just say that the positions are open. ISU has opened um um, applications for um, for students to pick up and then apply for the various um, IIT positions, president, vice president, secretary, public relations, um, director, and then the programming board. So we invite students to come up and then pick these forms and apply to the various positions. It's, it's going to be interesting, it's challenging, it gives you also a lot of opportunities. And also, beautifies your city as well, gives you the opportunity to interact with different people and then the OU faculty and then staff and other community members. So, if you really want to contribute to international students, you know, do something um, with your leisure hours and everything, please, students, free students to international students come on board and pick up these positions. But also, would also ask that they partake in the week and in future. Um, also make sure that they are active part of international students you know come for G and every activity that the union organizes 
to my I, to my listeners, like uh, let me just I'll ask you to wait just a moment. Uh, to our listeners, I know that this conversation a little a little bit difficult to make out because we've got four or five phones all connected together and coming into the station. The beauty is next year at this time we'll be able to have all these people right here in our studio with us, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the way it is. But now you were going to say. One other thing I'd like to add is that um, International Student Union um, and all of our student organizations have had to really try to pivot to try to make sure that events are happening. And so Amma's right. When International Week is done, we're really going to be focusing on helping students get to the finish line and getting Mm -hmm. done with school. We are talking about I'm trying to figure out ways to support students who are graduating because it's been really a tough period of time. The other thing I want to make sure people are aware of is that international students who are staying here who are not graduating are still bound by the immigration rules that they are always bound by, which is they cannot work off campus. And so we have um, summer to contend with. Thankfully, there are things in the country that are starting to open up. So there may be opportunities, again, for students to either go do an internship or to go home because borders are starting to open up in different places if they want to. But I do want to make sure that all of your listeners know that we have um, an international student emergency relief fund. And so if they, you know, have a way that they want to... um, donate they can always do that and they can learn more Um, honestly to learn about what's going on with international week or this emergency relief fund you can just go on google and search for international student emergency relief fund ohio university or ohio university international week and you'll be able to find um, the opportunities that you can to support students and the other thing is that you um, are interested and just getting involved with students or reaching out to them or uh, providing some kind of support that maybe isn't financial, but it's maybe you have a farm and you just want students to be able to have a place to go take a walk, or maybe you garden and you want to be able to um, share food that you grow. You can always reach out to ISFS at Ohio or ISU at Ohio. They're both email addresses.edu at the end. And we're happy to try to make those connections. What do you think we've missed bringing up? We've covered a lot of territory (laughs) here. Um, Okay, so what if a student comes here and then just they can't turn the curve? In other words, I mean, it just disagrees with them. Now, this can happen with a, a, um, a local student, too. It's not unique to someone from overseas. Uh, someone could come from um, Marion, Ohio, in, as a freshman, and then it just doesn't agree with them. Um, how, how do you deal with those sort of potential problems once in a while? So I can approach that first if you would like. Um, so, I mean, I think... You're right. Like, there's a ton of people who may come and just say, whoa, this isn't working. But the university has a lot of supports in place. Like, there's counseling and psychological services that offers support for students who may just need to talk.
talk through things or need some strategies. Mm-hmm. There are um, accommodations that can be made in the classroom, and generally there are lots of faculty and um, staff who are just willing to help students to find ways that may work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's our job is to make sure that we're helping students to, to try to figure out what works. To be honest, if it gets to the point where someone can't, um, it just isn't working for them, then it's our job to make sure that we help them to get home safely and to make sure that they know that even though it's not working today, that the doors are still open and we're ready to support them when they're ready to, to move forward. So I, like it. I don't know if students have something to add, but... Um, yeah, just to add to what Diane said, so I work with the Multicultural Center, and we pro- um, uh, particularly design programs um, to promote um, cultural diversity and understand them, and also to make sure that people from diverse backgrounds, when they come to OU, um, have that sense of home, you know, here. And so if you're an international student, or, yeah, if you're an international student and you feel any kind of discomfort on campus or you feeling in any way that you think that might be um, uh, not good for your um, life here in OU, please just walk into Multicultural Center 205 at Baker and we'll be there to help you in any way that you can. Also, if you think that you can't really be among different groups of people, especially at the library, we have a lot of people there. We have a library, we have a computer lab, we have a lunch that you can just walk in and then feel free to there without any kind of worry. But then most importantly, if you feel any kind of discomfort that threatens your um, educational experience here in OU, especially as an international student, microaggression or anything, please feel free and walk to others. We are there to help you. Um, I believe ISFS also has um, international advisors that also um, do this kind of job, making sure that international students feel comfortable. So I will entreat international students to make use of these centers and these resources that the university have. You know, there is nothing like, um, there is a lot of discomfort and vulnerability when you find yourself within an unfamiliar cultural context. But there are also ways that um, can help you to negotiate your identity in order to feel comfortable. And so when you find yourself in that situation, please make use of these resources. Folks, um, go to Ohio University's website, which is ohio.edu. You can search for the International Student Union, and they have a list of all sorts of things, current, past, future. And uh, I encourage you to get in there and support our special guests. We're out of time, folks. Thanks for joining me. And, uh, Thanks for having us. Thank in you. our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. Pretty soon, if you want a vaccine, you can get one. President Biden announcing April 19th is now the date for all adults in the United States to be eligible to get a shot. And as more Americans do get vaccinated, many states across the country are starting to let up on COVID restrictions. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom says he plans to fully open the economy in June. Craig Forrest lives in Lodi and is happy an end is in sight. I just got a message on my phone that we went to red and it's like, Hallelujah. What's next? Well, first it was mask knee, now COVID skin. Getting your shot may give you some minor redness and itching in your arm. Some people can get full body rashes as well. The skin reactions usually start a day or so after the vaccination. They may last up to a week. In Paris, they're dealing with a surge in COVID cases, but one industry is booming because of it. With fashion stores closed again, 